welcome to Burning the Edge. We would like to welcome to the tea our host, Mr. Arthur Miller Jr. Thank you for listening to the Burning the Edge podcast. Today we have a very special uh, guest. Today we have Jody Barrett from the Amateur Players Tour. He is one of the national tour owners. He's going to tell us today the story of how the Amateur Players Tour kind of got started and how it has grown and exceeded the projections that they had in the first year. I hope you enjoy the conversation. So we want to welcome to the T, Jody Barrett. Jody Barrett is one of the directors of the Amateur Players Tour. Uh, how you doing, Jody? Oh, man, Arthur, I'm doing great. I'm happy to be on here with you. Good, man. I appreciate you coming on, man. Well, thanks for having me. You know, we've been... We've been listening to to your stuff back to when you first started uh, promoting our our tour and our chapter down there with Bart, and so uh, we appreciate the support that you've been throwing out there for us. Oh, absolutely, man! I I love the tour, man. I really love what you guys have done and what you're doing, um, different, you know, and and advancing it to to places that I I wasn't sure that they could get to, you know. Well, it's been very exciting, you know, as a a player that's been involved in in competitive golf now or at least on this am tour level um you know just kind of in passing as a hobby uh for probably gosh nine or ten years now um you know it's it's easy to to play in something like that and be involved in an organization and kind of pick out the different pieces that that you think could be improved upon and uh especially over the course of many years and conversations with you know hundreds if you know, or dozens if not hundreds of, of different players and you know everybody kind of all has their ideas and opinions on what can be done to improve things and make it a little bit better and so it's exciting to get that opportunity to maybe put some of those thoughts in in motion and and see how they turn out yeah so uh so what got you to the game of golf i just let's start there sure well, I started uh, playing when I was just, uh, you know, nine, 10 years old. My parents played golf and my, my mother in particular was very athletic and, and she got remarried when I was about eight years old. And and gentleman that she remarried was uh, an athlete as well. They played a lot of softball and things like that, bowling, team sports. And, and um, you know, he had played golf. My mom had not really played golf much before. And so he kind of got her into that. And then that drug me into it. I was a baseball player and, and, uh, they were my coaches. So, you know, it was kind of, I'm the youngest of four. So it was one of those deals too, that, that, uh, they didn't really have a choice to lead me anywhere. <laughs> they kind of had to take me wherever they went. So, okay. uh, we've got a, a, a state park here in Dixon, Tennessee, just West of Nashville, where I live Montgomery Bell state park. And, and that's where, uh, they started playing a lot and would take me out and, uh, you know, I think my first clubs were, you know, like everybody else, a little mixed set of some like Northwestern persimmon woods and uh, half set of irons and stuff like that. And so just kind of fell in love with it as a kid and, and nobody really pushed me in one direction or, or the other from baseball or golf. And just over time, it kind of, you know, panned out that that's where where my talents lied and, and where I enjoyed it uh, quite a bit more. And when I got into into high school and 16, 17 years old and uh, had an injury that kind of prevented me from continuing to play baseball. And so that kind of let me focus a little bit more on golf. And uh, it's just kind of been a love affair I've, I've had now for, gosh, 
I'm 47, Arthur. I'm getting old. So, <laughs> yeah. so gosh, you know, 35 plus years I've been been hitting this little white ball and chasing it around. So uh, I love it though. I still still have the same passion for it today that I've had from from the first day. So it, it's been great. Yeah, I, I totally understand that, man. It's it's a game. It's it's kind of a love hate relationship, I guess. You know, you can you can love the game, but then you can hate it at the same time. You know, you can't wait to get back out there though the next day. You know. Oh, my favorite thing to tell somebody, you know, I I play with all different levels of players from from scratch players all the way down to you know double digit high double digit handicappers, and I just played with some uh, Division four and five guys this past weekend. This weekend, actually, uh, yesterday, down in Huntsville. And, uh, you know, when they hit a bad shot, you know, they'll, they'll hit two great shots and then hit just one atrocious shot. And they'll be so upset about it. And I'll just walk up to them and go, it's a stupid game, isn't it? It's <laughs> you know, when you when you look at the whole grand scheme of golf, it is really stupid. You know, you're hitting your club and hitting a little ball up and down and around at that gum. You know, it's, it's crazy, you know. But I uh, love it though, man. It's I, so I, frustrating to to every time you think you've got it figured right, out, right? You, that that one swing thought or that one new piece of equipment, you know, maybe it's a new driver or a new putter or something. You think, oh my gosh, I, this is the key. I finally found it. I'm about to light this thing up, and then you go out the next day and have the worst round you've ever had. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just so frustrating. Yeah, like you never picked up a club before. You'd be like, oh, oh man, sometimes I look down at my driver and I think it's a two-headed viper looking back at me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I swear it. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna leave that alone. I was gonna say it, it's it's got to be a woman because it just you never know what you're gonna get with that deck on driver, man. I swear. Uh, it, yeah, my golf game's like Forrest Gump, man. You it, you never know what you're gonna get. Yeah, exactly, man. So, what is your handicap? Uh, right now, I'm I'm probably floating somewhere around five on a gin. Okay. My tour index is somewhere closer to six. So, okay, uh, and that probably corresponds with uh, you know having. Two two offices that I run plus the golf business and three kids and you know there's not a whole lot of practice time going on anymore. I understand. Uh, years yeah. back, I probably got it down down around scratch. You know, half you know 0.5 or one and was playing really well. Probably four or five years ago, but there was a lot of practice time involved and like that. And you know, I've got uh, one girl in college, one in high school, and then my my son he was younger uh, and was able, I was able to get out a little bit more, but he's starting to get, he'll be 10 uh, next week. And so he's starting to get in that age where there's, you know, sports and different things going on. And, and uh, you know, again, office being the way it is, it's not as much time to get out there and grind like I used to. And, and like I said, I'm 47, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. Right. Cranking out an hour or two hours or three hours a day on the range is, that's not my idea of a fun time anymore. No, I could, I could see. How do you find the time for all this stuff, man? I just, you know, it's, it's right now it's fun. Uh, You know, it's still fun. And and so it's waking up at five o'clock in the morning and your, your brain's already ticking of all the things that you, you've been thinking that you need to do and that you'd like to do projects you'd like to start and things like that. So, you know, from about five to, seven or so I get quite a bit of work done on the golf tour in the morning I, I get tons of calls and emails from uh chapter owners around the country because everybody's on different time zones you know 
you know, our East Coast guys have already been up for an hour and, and texting and asking questions and needing help. And so, uh, you know, we start start early in the morning, spend a few hours getting some stuff done and then then go into the office and, and try to handle things there. I'm a, I'm a lawyer by trade. So this this golf thing is not a full time deal. It's a it's more of a passion than, than it is a, a career. So you started with the St. Louis tour, right? You. Yeah, so Matt started in St. Louis. I'll, I'll get real quick, just a, a quick background. So Matt started as a player uh, playing with the Golf Week Amateur Tour. Right. Uh, was playing in a lot of the Chicago events and got to be friends with the director of that tour up there. And the owner of the Golf Week Amateur Tour, Dennis McCormick, is originally from St. Louis and, you know, he's a big fan of the city, big fan of the Cardinals. If you ever meet him or talk to him, he'll usually have a, a Cardinals jacket on or a hat or something. So loves talking baseball. And so he, it was important for him to start a tour in St. Louis. And, but he, he wanted to make sure he had the right guy and the right people to do it. And the gentleman that was running the tour in Chicago at the time had built one of the biggest, tours in the golf week amateur tour network and so um he got the the nod to go ahead and try to start something in st louis and chose matt to be his partner in that project and so matt lives in decatur illinois so he's not really in st louis proper so he and his dad kind of took on that project and spent a lot of time driving back and forth building relationships and with the golf courses and then starting with you know like any tour that you start locally you know you start with 10 15 20 25 people and then try to build from there over the course of time and so uh over three years of working with with golf week as the director for st louis he built it up to you know 150 60 members maybe 170 members and uh we're on their way to being one of the biggest tours in the golf week network and um you know there's some you know just some different differences of opinion and and things that happened there matt decided it was time for him to kind of take his leave from golf week and um left there to go on his own and start the golf week amateur or the amateur players tour. And so um, when he did that, he and I had gotten to be good buddies through an event that we ran in Tunica between St. Louis and Nashville. So I think that was about 2016. We started running that event with each other Um, and it was called the tour players cup and it was a Ryder cup style event team deal. Um, previously Nashville had been doing Ryder cup events with Kentucky, uh, and Casey Dickinson that ran the Kentucky tour was, was in charge of that with our guys here in Nashville, uh, Joe Smolera and Chris Guthrie. And, you know, again, as times change and, you know, people tours grow and move and look in different directions, uh, opportunity came for Nashville to kind of look for a different partner to play with in the Ryder cup. And, and so St. Louis was needing somebody to match up with. And so I reached out to Matt and we talked about it and uh, he and I kind of hit it off right, right away. We had similar ideas about, you know, the way we wanted the event to run, how we wanted it to look, you know, rules and, and qualifications and all that stuff and kind of wanted to make it kind of a, a big deal. Right. Um, and, and, you know, he had that same big vision that I had. So uh, that made it easier for us to, to kind of, work together and and then we found in that first year that you know we just kind of hit it off we had a lot in common uh similar backgrounds and golf and 
experiences from, uh, you know, competition standpoint and things that we've done through, you know, I played in college and he played in some high end amateur events and, and played as an amateur and some mini tour stuff. And so we kind of had that similar ideas uh, or similar background and experience about how tournaments should, should be run and could, could be experienced. And we shared the same vision that it shouldn't be just the elite high-end amateurs that you see that play out of these super rich clubs that play in all these big USGA events right. that get that get to have that experience. Right. We, we thought it should be created that something should be done to create that same atmosphere and experience for everybody that wants to play in, in competitive golf, whether you're a, a plus four handicap or a, a 22 handicap. Right. And so, you know, having that, that shared vision about how things should be, uh, we kind of poured that into that Ryder cup event. And, you know, I think our division four and five guys were probably had the most fun of anybody in those events because, right. you know, they got to play match play and were treated just like, you know, the best players. And, and, um, you know, it was just, a, it was a fun time. It was a fun event. And so again, uh, doing that together for three years and, um, when Matt decided to leave and go on his own, you know, we kind of talked a lot about what would be the next steps and, you know, where he'd go and what he was going to do and, uh, work through some of the details to, to get that started for him. And so, three years ago he started the the amateur players tour in st louis and kind of had to start all over again with with you know 20 or 30 members and build it up and uh this year would be the i believe the fourth year for the amateur players tour in st louis and and last year at the end of last year he had over 180 members so you know he he's done a really good job uh, kind of laying the groundwork for what we've done across the rest of the country and using St. Louis as the test market to kind of, you know, beta test some ideas and things and, and make sure that the vision and, and concepts that we had for what was important actually was important. Right. Uh, and make sure that that was, was acceptable and uh, sought after from the members and getting a lot of, of feedback from them. And so, um, you know, that's how, that's how he got started, how, how the amateur players tour kind of got started. And for me personally, you know, I started playing with the golf week amateur tour in Nashville in gosh, I think it was 2013. Um, so as I told you, you know, I've gone through different phases of life <laughs> over the last couple of decades and yeah. I've gotten away from golf for a while, to be honest with you. Really? Uh, I did. I, you know, my kids were younger. Um, so I spent a lot of time with, with my girls, especially when they were younger and we went out to go play and I couldn't get on because they were having a golf week camp tour event. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about it. I didn't even know it existed. I was really just started like maybe two weeks prior to that, pick my clothes back up and decided to go hit some balls again. Uh, and, and my youngest daughter at the time was, was interested in hitting balls. So we were going to the range and stuff and, and having fun. And, uh, when I, when I saw that the course was, was taken up and, um, you know, we couldn't get out there and play. So I asked the, the general manager, Charlie Blunt, I said, Hey, you know, what's going on? He said, so he explained it to me and what it was and gave me a flyer. And I was like, well, let me look into it. So like anybody else, I, I, went online, checked it out and 
decided I, I, I saw that the next tournament they had was at Montgomery Bell, which is a course I grew up on. Yeah. I was like, Oh man, you know, competitive golf. I hadn't done that since college. Um, you know, as far as stroke play, you know, I've played in all sorts of scrambles and all the silly right, stuff. Right, 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 right. Charity things, but not, not an individual stroke play tournament. I honestly think my last individual stroke play tournament prior to, to that was my last college event. <laughs> so, and that would have been 1996. So it had been a while. Yeah. Um, so I went online and registered and, and signed up for the event and signed up as for a B flight player, uh, which, you know, as you probably recall, golf week does the champ A right. flight divisions. And, and, uh, Chris Guthrie called me and, and saw that I registered and we'd not met each other before. And so he was asking me some questions, trying to vet and see if I was in the right flight or not. Right. And, I, and I just told him, I was like, man, I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. I have, I haven't played any competitive golf in, in, you know, 15 plus years. And, you know, I really probably haven't played a full round in at that point in probably two years. Yeah. Um, I said, but I'll be hundred percent forward with you. I grew up on this golf course. I know it pretty well. I could shoot 75. I could shoot 95. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what to expect. Yeah. So, so he said, well, that's fine. Just come on out and, you know, we'll, we'll see what you got and, and go from there. So, um, went out and, and met, proceeded to shoot 72, which is one of that golf course. Yeah. And, and when I walked in to hand him my card, I just said, I apologize. You can DQ me. You can, you know, bump me to the next flight, whatever you want to do. I, I totally understand. And he says, well, we're not going to do that because you're in a playoff. <laughs> so even, even shooting one over in the yeah. fight that day, I had to go play a, a playoff against a gentleman. Uh, I think it was Danny Mooney who had been a member of the tour for several years. And so uh, they didn't, they didn't penalize me or DQ me and they, yeah. they going to go out and, and play a playoff hole. And I, I managed to win it with a par on the first playoff hole. So okay, that cool. was my introduction to uh, the golf week amateur tour. Hey, that's a pretty good story right there, man. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Then the next week uh, or the next tournament, um, at the time, there were three owners of the Golf Week Tour in Nashville. It was Joe Smolera and Chris Guthrie, who are now the the chapter owners for the Amateur Players Tour in Nashville. But their third partner was Roger Sheaves. So the next event, I got paired with Roger so that he could put an eye on me to find out, you know, to see if I was a sandbagger or, yeah. you know, what was going on. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that was the first time I met Roger. And since that round, he and I have become best of friends. Really? Uh, we've played literally hundreds of rounds of golf together, traveled all over the world. Uh, Roger's been to Scotland with me and, uh, you know, he, he became my, my closest golf buddy. And uh, yeah. so you know, it's funny how the, these tours uh, really become an avenue just to, to meet your, some of your lifelong best friends. Oh, absolutely, man. I, I was telling the guy one day the other day, I was like, man, playing in those nationals, like you meet people from every freaking world. You know, I met a guy sure. from West Virginia. I was joking. I was like, man, how many people live in West Virginia? Maybe a thousand. And I get to play... <laughs> You know, on the golf tour with this guy, you know, it's just, it's crazy. I met a guy from, he was from Ireland, but he stayed in Vegas. 
And oh, you, wow. you couldn't tell he still wasn't in Ireland, you know, the way he talked. You oh, know, yeah. You're like, hold on. His wait, dialect. That again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, yeah, but I mean, it's it's really been amazing. Just the people that you meet, you play with all kind of different personalities. You know, um, I play with guys from New York and I totally understand now why people think that New Yorkers are buttholes. And they're so arrogant and stuff. I totally get it now. I totally get it. <laughs> well, it's funny. I, you know, we had our our first big major event at TPC San Antonio. Yeah, I was uh, there. Mark, you were there, and that's probably where it was the New York guys. Ah, uh, yeah, I so met them too. I did. I was the first T announcer for that tournament, and so yeah. I got to. I, I met everybody in the entire field, you know, handing out scorecards and the rules and all that, and then announced everybody. So over the course of two days, I got to to meet everybody twice at least. Uh, but I got the biggest kick out of sitting there while we're waiting for the fairway to clear. You know, you get 5, 10, 15 minutes of chat time with these guys. And I just got the biggest laugh out of watching the New York guys and the Texas guys interact with each other. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was amazing. But the funny thing is, by the end of the weekend, they were all best of friends. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you played with the guy, uh, the guy was from New York. He bought him a cowboy hat because he said, man, you can't come to Texas and not buy a cowboy hat, man. And he I really, played with that guy yeah. on the first day. I know exactly who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I played with him the second day. He wore it the whole round, man. I was like, man. Yep. It's like, you know, you just meet all kinds of people. Man. It's really fun, though. It really is, man. So... How, tell me this. How did you, how do y'all build from, I guess, St. Louis having, let's say, I, I don't know how many had when y'all started to go national or whatever. We'll say 150 or whatever. How do you get right. from St. Louis with 150 members to North America wide? And I don't know how many members we probably have now. How many members do we have now? Yeah. And so I reached out to a buddy of mine that worked at, at Golf Week magazine and I asked him, I was like, because they're in Orlando too, so they all know each other. And I asked him, I said, hey, what are the chances that Golf Channel doesn't come back at all, the Amtour? Like, is there a is there a decent chance that they just decide they this isn't worth their effort anymore? And he texted me back, he said, 90-10, it that they'll shut it down permanently. Permanently, yeah. So, of course, I immediately jumped on the phone with Matt and said, hey, <laughs> right. that conversation we had two, you know, yeah. two days ago? Right. Uh, I don't think it's a, a thing to just start talking about anymore. I think, like, we got to go. We, like, we need to get our stuff together and get this thing going now. So, right. so March of, of 20, um, he and I made the decision that, that there was an opening with Golf Channel going away and – uh, that we really needed to try to fill that void and and get ourselves together and and start making plans. So that that was the genesis of it all, and and then everything's happened since then. It's just kind of been a a whirlwind. Yeah. So how many members do we have now on the, on the tour? All right. So so currently, I'll, I'll go back to to this part. So over the course of that summer, just to, to bring you up to speed over the course of, of 2020 that summer um, 
you know, we, we wrestled for a couple of different months, probably three months about how we were going to structure our organization. Um, we had some pretty strong ideas and opinions on how we wanted to change the corporate structure. Right. Uh, so that we could grant some, some more uh, ownership rights and equity ownership for our local chapter owners instead of them just being uh, tour directors and not owning anything or having right. any ownership interest. We wanted them to, to be vested in what they were doing and be able to realize the benefits of all the work and burden that they, you know, that they take on in trying to build something. Um, and so we went back and forth. We hired a, a franchise attorney and, and started down that path of, of kind of franchising it just like you would a McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or something along those lines. And right. Just realized that over the course of, of those conversations that that was probably not going to be the most efficient way to do it just because of, uh, you know, all the overhead and expense and red tape and, you know, regulate regulatory fees and things that you that we would have to pay. It really would be cost prohibitive to do that. So it. it Looking at a couple of different other organizations, we came up with a, an alternative plan to create a private club and allow our chapter owners to join at a different level of membership in that private club as our players join. So that's what we've, what we've done with the Amateur Players Tour. We almost changed the name to Amateur Players Club really? uh, just because that's the model that we want to be, kind of like a Silver Club Golfing Society or the Outpost Club or some of these folks that you see on social media now. We wanted to create this this sense that we are your your country club or your golf club that you join. We just happen to travel around all over the country to different golf courses for you to play at instead of you having one 18 holes that you pay every month to play all day. You know, that's the only course you ever play at. And so, you know, one of the draws that we thought would be beneficial to and enticing to a lot of players is, is having that access to play different places every weekend that they, that they get to play. So right. that's, that's how we ended up with our model and, and, you know, our, our local chapter owners like Bart there in Memphis, he's an, he's an owner. So he is a small business owner uh, trying his best to, to build his business up and, and his following. And, and so that, you know, at the end of the day, if, if he does well and builds a, a big following and has, 300 plus members, then he gets to realize the benefit of that. He's not working all day, every day and every weekend and taking his time away from his family to build something that just makes Matt and I money as a national owner. So that's the way we wanted to set that up. And so, you know, getting back to membership and the number of members that we have, we built our models on this. Uh, You know, one of the things I wanted Matt to do and, and his dad before we got too far into it is, hey, let's, I want to see a pro forma here, you know, before I start investing my own money and time and, and jumping off this cliff with you, let's, uh, let's build a business plan and see what this looks like. And, and so I I can budget at least how much I'm going to invest over the next couple of years. Cause usually when you start a business, you're not going to make any money for years probably. Right. So we built all of our models where we, we thought, well, you know, we, we feel pretty solid that Nashville and, and St. Louis and we, we might be able to get Memphis and a few others around here locally. And then there's a couple over maybe in, in the Carolinas we might be able to, to get started. And, and we had a couple other friends that we knew would start from scratch. And so based on all that, we're like, well, you know, we may have 
eight or nine chapters to start. We'll we'll dream big and and draw this thing out to like twelve to fifteen chapters. If we just hit an absolute home run, we'll have twelve to fifteen chapters by the end of the year, by the end of year one. All right. <laughs> and with that 12 to 15 chapters, you know, some of them are going to be bigger. Some of them will be smaller, but maybe we'll just say they average out at 80 to a hundred members. And so, you know, we'll probably have 1200 to 1500 members. And we were thinking that it would take all of 2021 to get there. Right. You know, by the time we get to the end of our North American championship, then maybe we'll have 1500 members in the bank. So we launched on November 1st, as, as you know. Right. Uh, we did a Facebook Live on November 1st, and, and we had, uh, you know, a friend in Chicago that was launching a new chapter there. We had Bart came with us right on day one. Um, I was handling the Nashville market. We had our friend in, in uh, Toronto that was coming in. So, you know, we had these new markets that we were going into, and then we had a handful of, of the golf week guys that were ready to kind of walk away and do something different, uh, and try a different concept. And so I think we had 10 or 11 that first day, November 1st today. Um, we're, what is this? May 16th. We have 34 chapters wow. from Los Angeles to New York. Um, and in those 34 chapters, we have over 2,700 members right now. Wow. Yep. That is awesome, man. Yeah, man. It's just been, it's been. So you pretty much doubled your, what your prediction was or it's your been, optimistic prediction, <laughs> I would guess you would say at that time. You know, Matt and I have have laughed and and cried a little bit too, <laughs> just yeah. about you know how much work it's been. But it's you know we've we've said all along we're going to frame that that business plan that we wrote up and we're going to put that on the wall of our office. Right. right. We're never right. going to forget how how bad we missed the mark on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's always uh, you know you start small and dream big, you know. But I That's guess right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Burn the Edge podcast. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Jody Barry today. And I hope if you're interested in joining the tour or at least looking into it, and you can also be a guest and come out and see how you like it. If you're a golfer out there and at any level, I mean any level, you know, all the way from a scratch golfer to a 20 plus handicapper, um, you can come out and enjoy some competitive golf. You can shoot me an email if you want to just try to look into it and, you know, and see how it is and maybe thinking about playing. You can shoot me an email at burntheedge at att.net. Please like our page, follow us, and subscribe to the podcast. You can like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Just check us out. Um, Thank you again for listening.